You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn on there. episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast brought to you guys by the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. You can, of course, always find them at FTFPodNet on Twitter. You can find me at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter, and you can find Dennis at Culture underscore Coach. We are, again, part of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network, who has a, a ton of great other podcasts, including Jim Day of FF Champs, Adam Ronis and Dr. Roto of SiriusXM Radio, Bob Lung of the award-winning Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, Anthony Servino of FF Faceoff, and many others. And you can find all those great podcasts on fulltimefantasy.com. Today's episode, we've got a uh, an interesting one for you. So we'll obviously go over any of the breaking news that's happened over the weekend since we last recorded. Me and Dennis will then give you a couple of guys that we thought stood out in preseason week one. Again, we saw a lot of rookies playing, not necessarily a lot of vets, though some did and some were very surprising. So we'll touch on those for a little bit and then... We are going to get in our top offensive trios in the NFL. That is right. We ranked the quarterback, running back, and wide receiver for each team, and then we ranked them 1 through 32. Today, we will be giving you guys 32 through 16, and then on the next episode, we will give you guys 15 through 1. So without further ado, let's get Dennis on here so we can talk about some of the news and preseason games. What's going on, Dennis? How uh, how was your weekend? Man, my weekend was fantastic. I took an extra day on Friday, spent it out on the lake with the family. The boat ran fantastic. Shoot, I've been so busy this summer. It was the first time we got the boat out. That is awesome. I wish I had a boat or really lived anywhere near some kind of lake that I could take a boat out on, but uh, that, that does sound like a lot of fun. Sunburn and all. Yeah, that's the worst part about it right there is getting the sunburn, right? I'm, I'm very pale for people who have seen me in person or seen pictures of me. I'm one of those people that uh, I do not really tan. If I'm out in the sun too long, I just burn. I'm pale, not because I don't tan, but because <laughs> I don't go in the sun. 
Well, I unfortunately am out in the sun with my job a lot, so it's it's very funny actually seeing how much I burn compared to being tan. But as I talked about in uh, the intro there, we are going to do a little bit of everything here today. So not a lot to recap game-wise from the preseason. We saw a couple players not necessarily break out but have good games, so we'll touch on those guys we will then touch on any, not really injuries, but some breaking new stuff. And then we are going to do a little bit of our offensive trios. We went through and ranked the top 32 teams. Well, there is only 32 teams, so I don't know why I said the top 32 teams. Uh, 32 teams based on their offensive trios. Quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. The best of the bunch. Dennis has his ranked. I ranked mine. And then we're going to compare them with what Dynasty Nerds, the site that both of us write for, Dennis is the editor for, we will compare our rankings to what Dynasty Nerd says are going to be the best trios this year. I am really looking ex- looking forward to it and excited to do this little exercise and see how it all turns out. Dennis has not seen the Dynasty Nerds uh, rankings and how they did. I have, and I have not seen Dennis's rankings either. So I'm really interested to see how this all plays out between the three of us. But before we get to that, let's talk about some of the breaking news over the past weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. So the major news with, uh, and it really was all about Antonio Brown this weekend. We heard all about his frostbite feet last week. Me and Dennis talked about it on both <laughs> podcasts. Yeah. Uh, we also had uh, the, the helmet issue that popped up late over the weekend. He filed a grievance. Uh, the helmet that he has been wearing, I would assume pretty much his entire career, has not necessarily been outlawed by the NFL, but is no longer approved and they cannot wear it. He filed a grievance saying that, that he wanted to wear that helmet. That grievance uh, did not go through. We found that out earlier today. However, Antonio Brown did come out and say that he will play, uh, something that Dennis said uh, while we were uh, pre-recording that $30 million will make that happen for you, and he he is exactly right on that. He, he would have lost out on $30 million had he, uh, he stepped away from the game. I don't think any of this really affects him. I'm more worried about the frostbite on his feet and when he'll actually be able to come back and play. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on this at all with everything going on with AB and the Rangers, Dennis? Yeah, the helmet thing was really, uh, I think it was a non-issue. Maybe that was, uh, maybe that was some producer on hard knocks (laughs) saying, Hey, let's make a little, a little noise with this. Uh, but so that was, that in my opinion was really nothing, you know, I get it. You get comfortable with something and but rules change and and uh equipment improves. And when it comes to the safety of the players in a a violent sport, whenever you can make improvements in the the equipment, you have to go along with it regardless of how comfortable you've been with something in the past. And you know, I know uh, AB has made uh, a nice little pocket full of money in the NFL so far, but I can't imagine walking away and leaving $30 million on the table over over having to change your helmet. Yeah. Uh, I, told, I mean, I'm uh, petty, but come on. <laughs> well, I'm right there with you. So I had a couple people reach out to me this weekend about AB and his whole helmet situation. A lot of people I saw kind of commenting on his mental health and all that. 
I don't want to say it was a stunt for Hard Knocks, but I don't think it was anything serious going on whatsoever with any of that. I think it was all just noise, if that makes sense. I, I, I told people not to trade him. I know a couple people ended up giving him up for selling him for almost 10 cents on the dollar, and I feel like they're going to end up regretting that now, especially with him coming out and saying that he was going to play. Now, all, all kind of overblown nonsense, in my opinion. Uh, the only other real news that has come out has been uh, Dak Prescott asking for $40 million a year. That's about $8 million more than me and Dennis thought that he would get. We, we both have talked many times on this podcast. We thought he'd get right around $30 million a year. Thought that that was a fair price for him and a good price for the Cowboys as well, allowing them to kind of build around him and have a little bit of cap room left over. I personally don't think Dak is worth $40 million. Again, I am a very uh, a noted Cowboys hater. Your opinions on Dak and his request for $40 million a year? Well, man, they don't give it to you if you don't ask. I guess that's true. So, you know, I think if I'm Dak and I'm sitting around and, or let's say not Dak, if I'm Dak's agent and I'm sitting around and I'm hearing a lot of people talking, uh, oh, Dak is, you know, 30 million's too much. Well, they'll probably, you know, Jerry will pay it though. So 30 million. Well, the last thing I want to do if I'm Dak's agent is start the negotiations at 30 million. So you shoot, shoot for the moon. Uh, even it, even if they let Dak walk, you know, he's a, uh, for fantasy purposes, he's been a QB one, but for real life purposes, yeah, kind of middle of the road. So I see where both sides are coming from. Dak's asking for 40. Uh, they've offered him 30. Probably. I don't think they'll break a record i think they still settle in the you know 32 33 million you know and move forward that's that's a bunch of money and dak's gotta wonder if he goes out on the open market is somebody really gonna pay that I mean, I don't think somebody will, but yeah, I agree with you. They, they've got to, I would hope that they're able to settle somewhere between 30 and 40 million. Again, I, I don't, I personally don't think he's worth 40 million. I, I mean, the one thing I can give him is, is for the most part, he's a proven winner. Ever since he's come into the league, he has won games with the Cowboys and he's won a playoff game. He's looked really good at times, but he's also looked extremely average and bad at times as well. It's going to be an interesting year to see what happens with those three. I know they've already kind of come out and said that they're willing to let all three, him, uh, Cooper, and uh, Dag Zeke, uh, play out their deals uh, this year and then possibly try and work something out in the offseason. I I don't... I don't think that's going to be good for Dak. Uh, Maybe it'll be good for Cooper, but I imagine eventually the Cowboys will find a way to get all these guys paid. A lot of people talking about Jerry Jones will panic, especially if the Cowboys start losing games. If that happens, I imagine all three will get paid. Uh, Just really quick before we move on to some of the the preseason stuff, do you think all three, one of the three, two of the three, or none of the three will be paid before the season starts? I definitely think... The, the over-under, I think, is at two and a half. So, I, I think it comes with me basically saying, you know what, I'm okay to wait and let these other people set the market. I've got time. Uh, I could certainly see Dak getting paid and then them saying, you know what, Zeke is 
stubborn enough to actually hold out. Yeah. And and maybe we win without him, maybe we don't. But we're certainly a better team with him. So maybe they come to an agreement with him and move Amari to after the season. I get the not wanting to break precedent and negotiate with somebody after the their third year. Yeah, I'm going to keep holding tight to my philosophy that if you're a running back and you want to reset the market, you got to do it on your rookie contract by not taking taking 5 years. Yeah. You got to take a shorter contract. Well, are they allowed so, to? I, I mean, most uh, I don't I don't know how that that works. Collective so. bargaining bargaining agreements coming up. So gotcha. Yeah, that that should that will be definitely interesting. See, especially with with something like that, because it I hate to say it this way, but it just doesn't affect that majority of the players how how much they'd be willing to give or change uh, to get that that rule change. Or if they do it for all rookies, not just running backs, but all rookies, allow them to take a a shorter deal, especially if they're a first round pick. I guess we should look into that at some point. Yeah, we can definitely do that. We've we've got a little bit of time before the we'll, season starts. We'll get the research team on it. Exactly. It sounds like a plan. First and ten at the Lions 29, and Prescott goes screen right. Elliott down the right side to the 25, to the 20, to the 10. Elliott to the pylon. Takes the snap, gives it, Chubb runs, he's in the 10, 15, he's in the 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, there goes Chubb, he's in the 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Chubb a lava hub! 92 yards! From Adam. Case on a deep throb, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay oh home. my God! Oh my God! 30, no All right, so now time to talk about some of the preseason football. Uh, for me, I'm just going to go quick on a couple of the guys I thought stood out a little bit. Uh, obviously, I'm being a huge Browns fan, and luckily the Giants and uh, Jets game went into a lightning delay, so I was actually able to watch some of the Browns-Redskins game before that came back. I thought Baker on his first drive just looked outstanding. I love that they came out there and did kind of a a two-minute offense thing against the Washington Redskins defense. Uh, Washington was not able to stop them. I'm hoping that that is exactly like what this team is going to look like in the year. Great, great game from them. I loved seeing a little bit out of Dontrell Hilliard. We had both talked about him a little bit before that game, on that podcast that night before the game started. We said that was a guy to look out for, um, and I thought he looked good in that game as well. Looking forward to seeing what else he can do uh, this preseason. I thought 
Dwayne Haskins looked like a rookie in that game. Um, I, I liked his comments afterwards, even though those are kind of the, the cookie-cutter answers you give and that you learn more from an interception than you do a touchdown. He did throw two interceptions. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I don't th- I'm don't. i not reading too much into that, though. Jay Gruden did come out and say that Colt McCoy and Case Keenum are the leaders right now on the depth chart. Uh, and lastly, I did want to touch on Kyler Murray. Although I do think that the offensive game plan was kind of built – for him to get the ball out quickly, so it kind of limited him looking bad. I thought that he looked fairly decent. I did like there was a couple plays where he ran around um, when, when he got out of the pocket but didn't run. He kept his eyes downfield, threw the balls. There was one to the right sideline that was just ridiculously nice. Uh, I really liked what I saw out of Murray. Hopefully that that's uh, a picture of good things to come. There was a wide receiver I really liked, but since that's your guy, I will let you break him down. Uh, but out of those guys, that was really it that all stood out for me this week. Uh, what about you, Dennis? Did anybody stand out for you in week one of the preseason? Well, I, as a quadrialis and truther, it was nice to see him improve from the <laughs> Hall of Fame game. Yeah. Uh, he did look a little better, mo- looked like he was moving better. I mean, in the Hall of Fame game, he just looked looked kind of stiff. So, with him putting up a, a little better showing, you know, I think he's obviously still has a depth chart to climb. He's got Ito and Brian Hill in front of him uh, for the backup to Devontae Freeman. But, you know, there's plenty of time, and I think, uh, you know, I didn't draft Quadri Allison with the expectation he'd be in a timeshare going into week one. So I did like that he improved. Um, the biggest one, man, was Preston Williams. Yeah. So he, he looked like a boss out there. Him and Josh Rosen. Uh, you know, I've got Rosen on, on a team I'm rebuilding, and I was excited last year uh, in the first year of the rebuild because I had Rosen and Christian Kirk on my um taxi squad and i'm like man this is great i've got i've got a nice quarterback wide receiver young they came in together and then the cardinals blew the hell out of that with their awful offense and uh, <laughs> uh changing coaches and so now i didn't have that nice little stack there um but i also on that team i did draft uh preston williams now i got christian kirk josh rosen and preston williams so nice. Rosen didn't look half bad. I I think that uh, Fitzgerald is the comfortable choice in Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, Rosen is going to have to outplay him if it's even. I think they're going to defer to the the veteran. You mean Fitzpatrick? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, and, and and that may be okay. You know, I I think even if Fitzpatrick starts the season, I. I think Rosen sees time and they could even end up splitting games because, you know, Fitzpatrick is as likely to throw five interceptions as he is five touchdowns. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the one thing I'll say about Rosen, I actually kind of felt bad for him. The, the dude was running for his life all last year in Arizona and then was doing pretty much the same thing in that preseason game with Miami. Like, the dude cannot catch a break. I know neither one of us are, were uh, – or at least I was, and I can't remember if you were or weren't. I was not big on Josh Rosen. I actually had him ranked fourth or tied technically with Josh Allen uh, with the QBs coming out last year, and uh, he has 
not necessarily shown me anything to prove me wrong, although I will admit he did look uh, I, he looked good in that Miami game when he wasn't running for his life, and the, the connection he was sure making there with Preston Williams was definitely impressive. For me, Preston Williams, again, a guy that you talked about a lot. I think uh, it was Jared Wackerly when we had him on for the combine stuff was also Fantasy hyping up. Jimbo. Yeah, he, you guys were, uh, were, were hyping him up a lot before anybody really talked about him. Uh, and he definitely impressed this past weekend. Well, you know, the the one last guy that I'd like to bring up it could end up being, you know, a third round rookie steal, fourth round rookie steal, uh, Jalen Hurd. Yes. So with Trent yeah. Taylor going down, Hurd looks like he might be uh, the real deal in the slot. You know, what what's he six three two forty or something like that. And he looked fast playing against the Raiders. So he, he showed, you know, he's got the ability to run the ball, the ability to catch the ball. You know, he gets open quick, and with that big frame, uh, he doesn't need to get maybe quite the separation on the safety that a lot of other players do uh, to be able to bring the pass in. So he could end up really being a nice safety blanket for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh he looked real good. Yeah, and he is a 6'5", 226, so he is a big, fast weapon, and those guys, too, tend to thrive in Kyle Shanahan's offense, and I agree with you. He was another one that was standout that I kind of forgot about, so he had a, a really good weekend as well. I'm interested to see where it goes forward for him. Obviously, Preston Williams. I, I, Williams... How with with so what they got Kenny Stills Albert Wilson where do you think Preston Williams falls on that depth chart when it comes down to the season opening up? I think when the season opens up he'll be probably their wide receiver three, so I think they'll be Stills on the outside Wilson will be the slot guy and then when they go three wide Williams will come in and be the other outside guy. Uh, I think by week six, it's going to be Preston Williams and all you others, or as Kirk Herbstreet used to say, A-Y-O. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I like it. So that, that's really going to do it for our preseason stuff. There's not much to dive into with that week one uh, preseason games. We did see a lot of the rookies playing and everything, although week two and week three, we'll obviously see it ramped up a little bit more. We will definitely dive in deeper into previewing and recapping those as they come along. Well, and if you are looking for a little a little uh, deeper overview, you can head over to Dynasty Nerds and check out uh, Math- Kyle Matthew dropped a nice little article covering um, kind of he, he phrased it as a uh, ad add and stash add and sell and keep them on the waiver wire and went over uh, just about every game touched on players that he thought were pretty relevant fantasy wise and then uh, at dynasty tools also released uh, four quarters and touched on four players four young players that look good this weekend so head on over to dynasty nerds and check those guys out Absolutely. And speaking of Kyle Matthew, we'll talk about his boy really quick before we move on to the offensive trios. Uh, Nikhil Harry had a nice catch in the game for the Patriots, but did leave a little banged up. Uh, There was a report that came across just a little bit before me and Dennis started recording. Uh, saying that he is dealing with a variety of injuries, but I believe it is being reported that he will be fine, especially for the the start of the season. That's something to watch. 
Uh, I mean, until we hear more about it, nothing to panic about if you're an Akil Harry owner, especially in a dynasty league. The you know many believe he is a a stud in the making. All right, so now me and Dennis are going to talk about our offensive trios for the 2019 season. So we are focusing based solely on 2019. This is not something that uh, for you dynasty owners, there's there's probably going to be some teams that are ranked lower that would surprise you, and that's probably due to at least for me. Players I think are going to regress a little bit. Some players I think are going to have great years. Again, Dynasty would probably change this up a little bit. But for me, I went solely based on what I think these teams are going to do in 2019. So how I did it for the Dynasty nerd side, we took the top-ranked quarterback, running back, and wide receiver for all 32 teams. They went into a pot. We took their ranking number based, again, on the consensus of the multiple great rankers we have over at Dynasty Nerd and Dynasty Nerds, and that it was added on up the lowest score one so that is how dynasty nerds rankings were put out dennis and myself ranked them differently i bet raced again ranked mine based on how i thought they would do this year dennis how did you rank your 32 teams so yeah i ranked them as uh uh for how i thought they would do in 2019 as well it's i I, well we're mostly uh, uh dynasty um we're we're heading into redraft season. We yes, we do dynasty, but we care about what's going to happen this season, and so that's kind of how I, I spread this out here. All right. So since we're all on the same page here, let's kick it off. We'll do it. You keep giving us your thirty-second ranked team. I will give mine, and then we will see what the dynasty nerds consensus team said will be the thirty-two thirty-second ranked trio. Go ahead and give us your number thirty-two. Well. They uh, just moved to the number 32 spot as I sit here and I keep looking and I'm going, well, wait a minute. Does this one player have enough heft to lift this trio above this other trio? And so I've kind of been uh, it's it's been that that going on right now. Um, that being said, my number 32 uh, is the trio of Haskins, Geis and McLaurin. Wow. OK. Is that, that just because of Haskins or Mc, Haskins and McLaurin? You know, it's it's two rookies. Um, I think Haskins is going to be a really good quarterback in the NFL. I think McLaurin is showing he's got all the tools to be, you know, a top 24 wide receiver. Geis is coming off the injury. I think he's going to end up splitting time uh, a little more early in the season than I think he will later as he sort of works that knee back into shape, gets it comfortable with taking hits, things like that. Uh, I feel like Haskins, as good as I think his potential is, we've seen that he's still got a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. He's going to make some mistakes. Uh, We've seen a lot of really good quarterbacks uh, spend their rookie season, you know, with 15 touchdowns and 20 interceptions. And the Redskins, honestly, are a pretty mediocre team. So he could be in for a, a, you know, it's like his, uh, what would we call it? He's in graduate school, basically, in in football. (laughs) He's going to have another year of learning. He's going to be learning on the field. He's got some good young parts. You know, Geis, McLaurin, uh, you know, Jordan Reed's a solid veteran at tight end who I think is really going to be – I feel like he's due for a healthy season. Uh, will D- Josh Dotson take another step? You know, there, 
there's a few opportunities for people to step up. But I think all in all, when I look at the 32 teams and the 32 trios we have here, uh, I'm going to put them at my 32. All right. Well, that's interesting. I have I have them obviously much higher than that. So for me, uh, the Dolphins were 32. I, I just don't, uh, as I stated earlier, when we were talking about Fitzpatrick and uh, Rosen. I'm just not necessarily a believer in Rosen. The only guy out of this trio I even like is Kenyon Drake, and I'm worried about the production he may have just based on how bad this offense is going to be. Albert Wilson was the highest-ranked wide receiver, so that's who we went with. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Albert Wilson has a decent year, low-tier wide receiver two, high upside wide receiver three for fantasy, but I just don't expect these guys to put up as many points as anybody else, so that's why they fell to 32 for me, and that was actually the uh, the 32nd team for the Dynasty Nerds as well. Uh, they finished with 135 points with Rosen ranked at 31, Drake at 26, and Albert Wilson, the highest ranked wide receiver, finished as ranking 78. So who did you have at 29? Uh... 31, you mean? Yeah, 31. I don't know why I skipped 30 and 29 as well, or 30 and 31. But, yeah, go ahead. Give us 31 instead. Uh, I have uh, Rosen, Drake, and Wilson. Okay. All right. So, you know, I just – I feel like um, Drake and Geis are a wash. You know, they're gonna, they're pretty even. Um, Haskins and Rosen, I'm going to give the edge to, to Rosen uh, based on the one year of experience he has. And right now, I think Wilson, it, it wouldn't surprise me one bit if McLaurin outscores Wilson. I think that the, the veteran status of Rosen and Wilson uh, give me just a little more comfort than the rookie status of Haskin and McLaurin. All right, so just uh, I, apparently I have uh, tied with the uh, with the dynasty nerd rankings here these first three, and then everything else is all kind of messed up. But uh, so for me at twenty nine, I have the the Buffalo Bills. I like Josh Allen a lot. I and this is probably why I have them ranked a lot lower. Uh, this is something that we talked about uh, when we were deciding these rankings. Was I am not big on Zay Jones. I actually had John Brown on there as the third player in this trio, but you uh, said to go Zay Jones, and Zay Jones was actually the highest-ranked wide receiver for the Dynasty Nerds as well. Uh, and then we have Devin Singletary on there because we both believe that Sean McCoy is going to get cut. Now, Singletary did look good in his limited work there in the preseason game, but I don't... I'm just not sold on Allen's arm being able to produce as much as his legs, and while his legs are probably going to get you a fair amount of fantasy points this year, we're going to need more out of Zay Jones and Devin Singletary. And as I said, I'm just not that big of a believer in Jones, which is why they dropped or why they dropped to 31 for me. Uh, for Dynasty Nerds, again, they did finish 31 with 117 points. Uh, Josh Allen with 19, Devin Singletary with uh, with the 44, and Zay Jones ranked all the way down at 54. So now, who did you rank at 30? I ranked the Giants, Manning, wow. okay. Barkley, and Shepard. Um, you know, this was one of those where I, I had to say, had to look at it and say, how far can Saquon Barkley lift? the albatross that is Eli Manning. <laughs> and honestly, you know, when I look at the the teams that I have above them, uh, you know, now that I, I look at, I, you know, I'm going to change my ranking and I'm going to move San Francisco to 30. All right. 
I think that uh, as I, I I actually initially had them two spots ahead of them, and I'm gonna call an audible. <laughs> Fair enough. That's why it hasn't been printed yet, so you're still good to to make that call. So yeah, I I you know so at number thirty, I've got the San Francisco 49ers. Um, you know Garoppolo's shown some flashes. Coleman hasn't shown that he can carry the load, and Pettis needs to get consistent. Uh, Pettis has flashed. Could they potentially finish higher? All three of them could potentially finish higher, but I think in this this season, uh, you know, there, there's it, it. This is good. If this is your top three, uh, this is going to be a real test of Kyle Shanahan's offense. Yeah, I don't disagree with you, and as I know you can see in my ranks, I don't have them far off from right here either. Uh, For me, the only reason I have the Ravens ranked lower than them is I just don't believe in their quarterback and wide receiver. I like their running back, but I'm also a little bit worried about him. Uh, So obviously the the trio we had here for the Ravens was Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, and then Marquise Hollywood-Brown was the highest-ranked wide receiver. So they finished with 105 points. Uh, Lamar Jackson was ranked at 23, Ingram at 30, Brown at 52. I know a lot of people are are high on Brown based on his speed, and while I do think Lamar Jackson is going to be better this year throwing the ball, I just don't think he's going to be much better. I know that John Harbaugh has come out and said that he is going to, um, what is it, break Cam Newton's rushing record or rushing attempts by quarterback. I hope not. I, I really hope that they don't do that to Lamar Jackson. Uh, but if they do, I mean, he, he's going to put up a lot of fancy points. I'll give him that. But I don't think he's going to be able to survive that. I just don't think that this offense is going to be much good or do much of anything. I think they're going to rely heavily on that defense to keep them in games and score, have a lot of low-scoring games. So that is why I don't think those three will score or amount to much of anything. So they are my 30, and they are the Dynasty Nerds 30 as well. And that is where we stop being tied. So I'm happy about that. Who do you have at number 29? Um... Number 29, I have the Giants. Okay. So I I feel like Man- Manning, boy, I'd, I'd, honestly, I'm at that point with Eli Manning. I'd feel so much better about this if Daniel Jones was their quarterback. Really? Okay. Uh, because there's nothing to lose putting Jones in. We... We know what Eli Manning is now. Maybe that offensive line has gotten better, but is it really? Is it? You know, he he's not. He is not aged well. He was never a high completion percentage quarterback, anyways. He made big plays at big times to win a couple Super Bowls, um, but he's kind of like Joe Namath. You know, Namath finished his career with a losing record, I think, in a. Uh, sub 60 completion percentage. And it's just, I, I think Eli Manning is kind of, he's like the boring Joe Namath. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so for me at 29, you already talked about him. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers don't have much else to add to what to what you gave. Uh, again, that they were Jimmy G, um, 
Tevin Coleman and Dante Pettis, I agree with what you said that they could very much outscore this ranking, but for me, I just, I'm not sure that I buy it. I mean, Kyle Shanahan is probably the best reason to buy into that, but I need to see it. Tevin Coleman, you know, while he's had a some good run in Atlanta is often injured. Dante Pettis is already getting talks now that he might not even be a starter after everybody thought he was a breakout in camp. And we really haven't seen it from Jimmy G for a full season. So that's why I had those guys ranked down there. However, the Dynasty Nerds 29 was not to the 49ers or the Giants. It was the Jacksonville Jaguars, which was a little surprising to me. However, most of that comes, I think, from their, not I think, I can tell, uh, from their starting wide receiver, who I know me and Dennis both think is going to have a big year, but not so much in the rankings for the Dynasty Nerds. So, Nick Foles was ranked 34, Leonard Fournette at 17, and then D.D. Westbrook at 53 to get a score of 104. So, that is uh, where Dynasty Nerds falls in on the 29 team. Who do you have at 28? At 28, I have the Broncos. Okay. The Denver Broncos, I, I like Cortland Sutton a lot, but he's got to prove it still. I think Philip Lindsay is due to split time with Royce Freeman, who's looking much better in his second year. I'll admit, I don't think Royce Freeman is maybe as good as I thought he was, but he's going to be in an s- offensive system now that's a little more suited to his abilities. Uh, so Joe Flacco being... A wily veteran. Uh, we've seen that as much as uh, they like Drew Locke, it's pretty clear Drew Locke isn't ready and he's only going to get snaps in absolute emergencies during the regular season. So Flacco should feel fairly confident going into the season. Um, but there's a lot of questions in Denver. They've got a new coach, a new offensive system. Uh, and I just wasn't sure. I didn't feel like as good as the metrics are with Sutton and as good a rookie year as Lindsay had, I just didn't feel like they had what it took to be able to lift these guys up. All right. So for me at 28, I had the Tennessee Titans. So the three or the trio for the Titans was Marcus Mariota, Derek Henry and Corey Davis. Actually, uh, Ranked fairly well for the Dynasty Nerds, so I was I was way off on that, um, which is surprising to me. But I'm just not a believer in any three of those guys. Uh, I was actually kind of surprised I ranked them there. Uh, I just felt like there's a little bit more questions behind um, them with the 49ers, Ravens, Bills, and Dolphins. So that's why I ranked them there. But they're actually surprisingly much higher, which was, was a surprise to me. For the Dynasty Nerds, their 28 was the Washington Redskins, who we have talked about a little bit here with Dennis. I have yet to rank them. Uh, They had Haskins ranked at 25, Geis at 21, and McLaurin at 54 for a score of 100. Who do you have at 27? 27, I have uh, the Ravens. Okay. So I'm not necessarily sold yet on Jackson taking a huge step in the passing game. Uh, I am sold on the fact that Jackson can put up points running and he's got a great connection with Mark Andrews. Now that may come at the detri- to the detriment of Hollywood Brown, but Jackson's still going to get those points for throwing those touchdowns to Mark Andrews. Very true. Uh, Hollywood is used to playing with a quarterback that can get outside the pocket 
and wing the ball downfield. And Jackson does have decent arm strength, you know, even if he's not terribly accurate. Um, so we'll we'll see. And I feel like Ingram is poised to lead probably the most run heavy team in the league in carries. Uh, he's, you know, a sturdy 5'10", 222 pounds. Uh, you know, Ingram is a solid guy. You know, is, is he going to break outside and take it to the house 79 yards? Probably not. Uh, but he's going to he, – he'll tear off some 20- and 30-yard runs. Uh, he's he's going to get a, you know, 5, 6, 7 consistently, and he's I think he's going to rack up a bunch of touchdowns on the ground. So I, I like uh, the Ravens, especially from a run standpoint. For me at 27, I had the New York football Giants. Uh, my only real question here was with Eli Manning. Obviously, we know Saquon Barkley is going to be a stud. And I, I'm not necessarily a huge believer in Sterling Shepard, but I do think he could have a, a decent year with Golden Tate uh, kind of being the one there now. With him being gone for four games, I do think they're going to try and target Shepard a little bit more. Uh, and I don't think the Giants team around him is actually as bad as many think they are. I mean, when Tate comes back, you have those two. Barkley and then Evan Ingram that's actually not that bad of an offense so I do think they can produce a little bit better than uh some people do uh, I actually don't think I know you had them ranked lower the the nerd herd was actually much higher on them than I even expected they're higher than both of us uh for the nerd herd they had the Broncos coming in at 27 uh Flacco being ranked 38 Lindsay 22 and Cortland Sutton at 30 for a score of 90. Who do you have at 26? 26, I have the Tennessee Titans. Um, you know, the, the thing that really holds them down is going to be their quarterback. So, Corey Davis is, I I feel like he measures in, metric-wise, is an elite talent at wide receiver. He's just had shitty quarterback play for the first <laughs> three or four years. And I, I don't see a lot of improvement on the horizon this season. Uh, Derrick Henry, there's talk about them giving him the ball more and more and more like they did at the end of the season last year. So I think Henry, of the three, Henry is the one that's going to carry these guys. Davis has the potential. If uh, Mariota gets his, his throwing straightened out and his accuracy improves and he stays healthy, that could bode well for Davis. Having A.J. Brown, uh, the best receiver he's played with in his career, across from him to relieve the pressure could help out. So the potential is there for this team to finish higher. Uh, but right now I've got him ranked at 20, uh, 26. For me at 26, I had the aforementioned Denver Broncos. Uh, not sure what we're going to get from Flacco this year. Obviously, I know they are very high on him. They keep talking him up, but I, I need to see it to believe it. He wasn't necessarily spectacular in Baltimore last year. I know he was dealing with the back issues. Uh, the only person in this group that I trust is the GOAT, Philip Lindsay. I think he is going to be uh, just fine this year. He's going to be amazing. Cortland Sutton, while I think he's a phenomenal talent, is obviously going to have to rely on Flacco getting him the ball to be able to put up any kind of points. The nerds for the 26 was very interesting to me. I really thought that this this group would come in a lot higher than they did. 
They have the New England Patriots at 26, with Tom Brady ranked at 28, Sony Michelle at 15, and Julian Edelman all the way down at 45 to get you a total of 88 points. Who do you have at 25? 25, I have the Buffalo Bills. So you are much higher on them than me and the nerds. Tell me why. Well, I think Josh Allen is, you know, he's got the rushing floor, and he's got the big arms, so there's going to be some big plays. They've got wide receivers that can get down the field. Um, I like Singletary. I think he's he's set up to have a good season. You know, potentially the the trouble in Buffalo could be their offensive line. You know, they've lost a couple guys, um, so they, they do need to shore that up. Uh, I like Zay Jones a lot. I like Zay Jones coming out of college, and it seems like he's screwed his head back on straight and he's keeping his nose clean and uh, working hard. Um, Jones is a little faster than you might think. I think a lot of times he gets pegged as a possession receiver, but he does have good speed. And uh, I feel like the opportunity is there for this team to put up some good numbers. And, you know, Josh Allen has something that a lot of, you know, I, I think that what gets lost sometimes with quarterbacks is their ability to get the ball off under pressure. And at 6'5 and 240, you can, you can stand in there. We've seen Ben Roethlisberger do it for years. So Roethlisberger is a nightmare to bring down. And I think Josh Allen, uh, at least while his legs still moving pretty quickly, uh, is going to have an opportunity to get out of the pocket, move around, make some plays, get the ball downfield. So uh, I like them to uh, come in at number 25. All right, so for me at 25, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, So this one was interesting for me because I – for starters, the running back, I do not believe in whatsoever, and, and and it's shown in the rankings as well. The quarterback, however, if Bruce Arians can turn him around like many think he will, then they are definitely going to outscore my ranking of 25 because the only player that was on this list that I believed in was Mike Evans. So the trio for the Buccaneers was Jameis Winston, Peyton Barber, and Mike Evans. As much as it pains me to admit it, Mike Evans is by far a top 12. I might be willing to give you top 10 wide receiver right now in the NFL and is going to be an absolute stud regardless. But Winston still has to get him the ball and score point and score you fantasy points to be able to outproduce this number. And I'm just not sure that he will with the amount of times that he turns the ball over. That is my biggest fear with him again. Bruce Arians could turn that around so that he could very easily like just blow this uh, projection out of the water here, but I just don't believe in it. I don't believe in Winston. And then Peyton Barber, I mean, I, I don't even think there's really any point in discussing him. Uh, on the plus side of things, though, if Winston turns the ball over, that defense is going to be so bad that they're going to score and give the ball back to, to Winston to be able to make a play now down by another touchdown and going to have to throw. Yeah, but see, I think that's also bad news for him, too, because the more times he throws it, the more chances he has to, to throw interceptions. So I don't I don't necessarily think that's a good thing either. But the, uh, the Nerd Herd at uh, 25 had the 49ers, so a team that we have already both talked about. Uh, Jimmy G coming in ranked 12, Tevin Coleman at 35, and Dante Pettis at 39 for a total of 86 points. Who do you have at 24? 
24, I have the Cardinals. Okay. You know, I, Kyler Murray looked pretty good in his one series on Thursday night or Friday night, whatever night it was he played. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of DJ, and uh, I think we were talking a little earlier. I, I love Christian Kirk, too. Yeah. But there's still some, you know, I, I'm not 100% sold on Murray. Um, I don't know what that whole air raid offense, is it really going to work? Is the NFL going to be able to figure it out very quickly? You know, there's a lot of uh, very, very smart defensive coordinators in the NFL. Um, We saw what Belichick did to the Rams, who were supposed to be this juggernaut, you know, and he held them to three points in the Super Bowl. So when you get some of those guys out there figuring this stuff out pretty quickly, you know, it it might not work as well as a lot of people want to think that air raid will work. Um, That being said, I love Christian Kirk's talent. I love DJ. Uh, I, I think DJ is a great fit for that offense. It's just got to work. So for me at 24, I had the Washington Redskins. I do think that Haskins is going to be able to turn it around a little bit, but my basis on that was the offensive line staying healthy and being good. Obviously, they still do not have Trent Williams, who is still holding out. <laughs> doesn't seem like he's going to come back to Washington at all, which will hurt him a little bit. But I, I kind of paired in his his familiarity and relationship with McLaurin and being able to kind of uh, produce a little bit there. And then I do think Darius Geis is in for a monster season this year. So that is why I had them ranked as high as I did. Uh, both you and the Nerds had them much lower. Uh, let's see here. So at 24, the Nerd Herd had the Tennessee Titans. So, uh, again, the, the triplets of Marcus Mariota, who was ranked 32, Derrick Henry at 25, and Corey Davis at 23 to give you a score of 80. They were actually tied with the team that finished 23. So who do you have at 23? I have Jacksonville at 23. Okay, so do I. Um, you know, I, I well, how, how about you go first then? Because I, I go first a lot since you host and you ask the questions. I got I'll you. let you give the analysis. Uh, I mean, really, the only thing that worries me about these three is is Fournette, and, and he's the highest ranked out of the three. I need him to stay healthy, and I need him to show that he is the stud we thought he was going to be coming out of LSU. And then the other question, I guess, is really going to kind of fall on Nick Foles, and can he and John D. Filippo kind of reproduce the Philly magic that they had when they made that magic run to the Super Bowl? Because I don't have any questions about D.D. Westbrook. I think he has the talent. I think he's going to be the number one there. So if Foles can get him the ball, I think he's going to produce. It's really going to come down for me to Foles and Fournette. Mainly Fournette because I do think Foles... Uh, you know, a lot of people want to go back to his time in St. Louis, but I also think you can kind of point to Jeff Fisher uh, because uh, I think we all kind of remember what happened to the Rams when Sean McVay took over uh, and turned a team that was, I think, two in nine or something like that before Jeff Fisher got fired and turned them into a playoff team and then the year after a Super Bowl team. Uh, even though they didn't win the Super Bowl, they were still in the Super Bowl. Uh, so I, I would almost blame more of Nick Foles' failures on Jeff Fisher than anybody else in St. Louis. Uh, but I mean that's that's it for me. So what 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 is uh, kind of holding you back for the Jags and ranking them here? You know I I've got to see Foles do it consistently. You know he's shown flashes. He did it with Chip Kelly. He did it uh, oh with uh, uh, Doug Peterson. You know, but he's also been just utterly horrible. And you know 
is Doug Marone and Dee Filippo are are they you know are they going to be Jeff Fisher or are they going to be you know Doug Peterson and uh, oh, uh, Chip Kelly when it comes to offensive production so I you know I, I just don't know and we'll have to see I I love Westbrook you know we talk we've talked yeah. about him plenty um, Fournette right now is saying and doing all the right things you know I've I've cleared some of the, I've cleared the negative people out of my life. I'm eating healthier. I'm working out more. You know, he's shown that he can catch the ball in camp, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see. Fournette's also uh, coming towards the end of his contract, and he lost <laughs> yeah. a whole bunch of the guarantees in it when he acted a fool. And so, uh, you know, we'll see what happens with him. All right, well, as, as I stated, we both had them at 23, so that was a nice little tie for us. Uh, the Nerd Herd had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 23. Again, so their their trio was Jameis Winston, who ranked 15, Peyton Barber at 59, and then Mike Evans at 6 for a total of 80. They were tied with the Tennessee Titans. I gave them the small bump just based on I would probably take Winston and Evans over Mariota. And not even probably. I would take Winston and Evans over Mariota and Davis. Uh, Henry really being the only one who wins uh, his battle there personally, so that's what gave them the bump over the Titans. So who do you have at 22? At 22, I have the Bucks. All right. Uh, I also am not sold on Peyton Barber, uh, but I am I am a Mike Evans fan. So people can complain, oh, he doesn't get any yak. He catches the ball and just falls down. He catches the ball 25 yards down the field and falls down because he's getting tackled while he catches it. <laughs> or he catches the ball in the end zone and falls down. Uh, Mike Evans is a good good wide receiver. He, he's you know up there near the elites. Uh, Winston, you know he has some consistency issues, but he can put up decent numbers if he plays 16 games. Peyton Barber, got, coming into last year, he, you know he averaged four yards a carry. Uh, underwhelmed with his opportunity. We'll see if a change in offensive style helps him. But honestly, your boy Ronald Jones has looked a little more explosive in the offseason, preseason. Let's go. That's and, what I like uh, to hear. It may, it may end up being a, a 50-50 split. And it'll soon turn into a 70-30 split for Ronald Jones as he vies for a rookie. No, way, he's not a rookie anymore. For I can't say MVP. I can't go that high. I won't do it to myself. All right, so for me at 22, I have the New York Jets. These guys were hard for me because I like Darnold. I think he has a real shot to take a big step forward this year. He also looked very good in that game against the the Giants. We did kind of forget to touch on him and uh, Daniel Jones, though I think his 5-for-5 was being a little overblown. Uh, I do think that touchdown that Jones threw would have been intercepted had a a first-string cornerback been playing and actually been paying attention to the ball and not looking the other way. But that's a talk for another time. Darnold did look good. Good, and I would not be surprised if he plays much better. I have questions about Le'Veon Bell. I know he's looked good in camp. We haven't seen him play yet, though, and he did sit out an entire year. A guy who is injury-prone, that just worries me. I cannot put that out of my mind. Uh, And then the top-ranked wide receiver they had was Robbie Anderson. I like Anderson. They had a really nice connection at the end of last year, but I need to see more of it, and I need to see what they're going to do in Adam Gase's offense, uh, because that's another big question for me, why they did look good again in 
that preseason game. I just don't trust Adam Gase. Uh, I haven't seen enough out of him as a head coach to believe in the offense that he's running. Uh, a lot of people want to give him this a title of an offensive guru and quarterback guru, but when when you're coaching guys like Peyton Manning, it's kind of hard to give him all of the credit. Uh, so at the 22 spot, the Nerd Herd had the New York Jets as well. Uh, so they had Darnold at 21, uh, Le'Veon Bell at 9, and Robbie Anderson at 49 with a ranking of 79. So who did you have at 21? At 21, I have the Bears. Uh, Trubisky, Montgomery, and Robinson. You know, I I want them, I want to believe they're going to take a step. Um, Trubisky is, you know, he's pretty mobile. He's got a decent arm. Montgomery's a rookie, and my running back, rookie running back one, uh, I really like Montgomery a lot. I have a whole bunch of shares. And Allen Robinson, I feel strong, pretty strongly that he's going to bounce back. This is the this is probably one of them I look at and I go, man, I could be way way off on this. <laughs> you know, they they could they could finish substantially higher. But when I I try to move them up, I'm like, no, I don't want to put him over that. No, I don't think I can go there. Mm, no, no, I don't think I can do that either. So it ends up being uh, a situation where. Um, they they just kind of get edged out by, by some of these other trios. Yeah, I mean, I don't have them much farther behind you on that, I, I, I guess. So what was that, 21? So, yeah, I'm not that far off from you. There's just a couple more that I'm, I guess, less sold on than you. So for me at 21, I have the Seattle Seahawks. Obviously, Russell Wilson, a phenomenal quarterback, top 5 to 10-ish at worst. Uh, you know, Chris Carson was the running back that was on here. Like Carson, but I do think he's going to end up being in likely a 50-50 split or close to that with Rashad Penny. I know Pete Carroll came out earlier uh, either today or yesterday and was talking about how good his hands were and they're going to try and get him the ball more in the receiving game. That would be great for him and definitely help him out, at least fantasy-wise. And then Tyler Lockett. So, so he's the number one there, and I do think he is a legitimate number one. I don't think DK Metcalf is going to sit there and steal carries or carries, steal catches away from him. The one thing that worries me about Lockett is he produced phenomenally, kind of in. Uh, I'm not sure how to word it, but I'm not exactly sure that he can reproduce what he did last year with with all the deep. Uh, the downfield uh, targets and production with the touchdowns, I just feel like defenses are going to try and pick up on that. And it's not like he has that Tyreek Hill speed. He's fast, but he's not like game-changing fast. And so I do worry a little bit about him producing what he did last year, whereas where really his kind of breakout year and where a lot of his points came from. So I have the Seahawks there at 21. The Nerd Herd had uh, the Giants at 21. So Eli Manning ranked at 39. Saquon Barkley at 1. And Sterling Shepard at 31 to give you a total of 71 points. Who did you have at number 20? Number 20, I have the Raiders. Okay. So this came down to a, you know, I give Montgomery the edge over Jacobs. I've been team Montgomery all offseason. Um, Carr and Trubisky, I I think are a push. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Carr might be, he's a little better passer than Trubisky. Trubisky's a little more mobile. Uh, could get some points there. 
but I think Antonio Brown uh, is as en- much is enough better than Robinson to offset how much better I think Montgomery is than Jacobs, and so I have uh, the Raiders at at number twenty. All right, so for me at 20, I have the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, so the the trio we had for the Bengals, Andy Dalton, Joe Mixon, and A.J. Green. Love me some Joe Mixon, and that's about it with the Bengals. Uh, Andy Dalton, I think, is going to be more than serviceable at quarterback, and then I do think A.J. Green is going to come back likely probably three to four games in the season and still have a decent season. So that's why I, I ended up ranking them in the top 20, gave them a, gave uh, A.J. Green really more than Dalton uh, a little bit more credit. And then obviously Joe Mixon, one of the, I think, going to be a, a top five running back in fantasy this year. I know you were also big on Mixon. That was one of the key factors uh, in kind of bringing, him, bringing them all the way down to 20. Uh, but for me, the, all the teams I had ahead of them, I, there's just no way I could rank them above or rank the Bengals uh, above those guys. So that's why I had them there at 20. Uh, the Nerd Herd had the Chicago Bears, so not far off from where you had them. Uh, so Trubisky ranked at 18, uh, Montgomery at 20, and Robinson at 26 for a total of 64 points. So who do you have at 19? At 19, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. Really? This has got to be because, well, I was going to say Je- Sanders, but it's probably Jeffrey, isn't it? No, I, I, I like Jeffrey. I like the Jeffrey Wentz connection a lot. Uh, honestly, it is Sanders. Oh, okay. Uh, I think Sanders is going to split time a little more with uh, Jordan Howard than many people think. I think also Sanders is going to get pressure from Darren Sproles and potentially – uh, Corey Clement in the passing game. I do think ultimately Sanders probably next year is going to be the three down back. But I, I feel like there's, he's got to prove it and he's got to prove it consistently. The Eagles have enough depth that if Sanders struggles, Doug Peterson doesn't have to leave him in there and let him quote unquote, work it out. Uh, he can take him out. He can put him on the bench. He, Jordan Howard is an effective runner. Yeah. And Philadelphia's got, what, a top five, top eight offensive line? Yes, I would say probably so, top five. So, you know, Jordan Howard running behind the top five line, Doug Peterson doesn't have to tell me, oh, we think he can catch the ball. It doesn't matter. If Jordan Howard gets 200 carries behind a top five line, he's going to be pushing 900 yards. You know, and he's got the power to get in the end zone, so I think that's that could affect Sanders. You know, I like Wentz. Fluke or not, is Wentz going to be able to stay healthy all year? Very true. Yeah. yeah. Jeffrey going to have a soft tissue injury? Injury? Yeah. Is JJ Arcega Whiteside going to push Jeffrey? So there, there's some questions there, and that's kind of what brings him down to 29. There's there's obvious potential. Yeah. Uh, I think Wentz could end up being one of the better, you know, I could see Wentz finishing top 10 easy. Uh, But I also could see Wentz, you know, finishing at 18 uh, because he misses a couple games. I got you. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I I don't have them off. Really, there's only one team that you have, at least so far, that you have in your top, uh, or your, I should say, your bottom 32 
that I don't have yet. I'm interested to see how the rest of these play out. So far, we've pretty much been naming the same teams. I don't have the Eagles much off from them. I just, I, I guess, I'm a little bit more believer. Uh, and and things around those three and making them succeed. Uh, so for me at 19, I have the Raiders, who I know you just mentioned, uh, and, and pretty much the same for all of them. I, I'm not a believer in Jacobs, but I don't want to dismiss Carr. I know he had a bad year last year, but I think we all have seemed to forgotten that he was a lock for the MVP a couple years ago before he broke his shoulder. Uh, and then that was the Raiders. I can't remember what they were. I believe they'd only lost two or three games at that point. Like they were just having a phenomenal phenomenal year. Granted, their offensive line, I think, was the best or second best in the league at that point, and it's dipped a little bit, but it's still probably top 10 at worst, so they still have a really good offensive line. Adding AB is a phenomenal weapon. I don't think you can take out the fact that they have Tyrell Williams there as well. A lot of people big on Foster Moreau and Hunter Renfro, uh, and a lot of people are very high on Josh Jacobs. I am not one of them. That was what kind of hurt me, hurt them a little bit for me. Um, I, I'm not exactly sure where the nerd herd has him ranked. I don't see him here in the top 16, so they obviously have him pretty high, and I would imagine that's because they have Jacobs ranked pretty high as well. So at 19. For the Nerd Herd, they have the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson came in ranked at 7, Chris Carson at 28, and Tyler Lockett at 27 uh, to get you a total score of 62. So just a couple teams left here in the top 16. Who do you have at 18? At 18, I have the Jets. Okay. I I like uh, Darnold to take a step. Uh, Gase has been using Robbie Anderson. Uh it, not just as a deep threat, but in the intermediate areas of the field, uh, expanding his route tree. You know, I think Le'Veon Bell is the ultimate security blanket. Uh, he's a good pass catcher. He's a good route runner. He's big enough to carry the ball on all three downs. He's coming off a year off, and so he's going to be fresh. And I think he's going to put up – Bell is going to put up top ten running back numbers potentially. Um, it just is going to come down to can Darnold take the step and can Robbie Anderson take the step in Adam Gase's offense. All right, so at 18 for me, I have the Chicago Bears. You were just talking about a couple picks ago, and I agree with everything that you said there. I'm a little bit higher on Trubisky than you are. Um, I do think another year with Matt Nagy is going to help him out a lot. I think you actually have kind of talked me into thinking that uh, Allen Robinson is going to have a very good year this year. Uh, for for me, really, the only thing that held him back was David Montgomery. I think he's phenomenal. Uh, we both know. Uh, I know he's been your number one. I flip-flopped him between one and two with him and Miles Sanders this entire time. Uh, but he's a phenomenal stud. I just wasn't sure how much he's going to lose out to Tariq Cohen uh, because I do think at least this year they're going to – figure out a way to split those two up with carries and Tariq Cohen is going to get more of the receiving work even though David Montgomery is a phenomenal receiver and can do it all in that backfield at 18 for the nerd herd they had the Philadelphia Eagles so closer to your ranking than mine it looks like uh Wentz came in ranked at 8, Miles Sanders at 19, and Alshon Jeffrey at 35 for a total score of 62 who do you have at 17 well, what I can say is, y- you some bitches are drinking some Arizona Kool Aid. That's for damn sure. <laughs> I am. Yeah. Hey, well, and we'll get to it because, as I said, the Arizona is the one team. Again, I don't know who you have. 
There's only one other team you can have here, I guess, that could be different because I do have the Eagles in my 16. So Cardinals are the only team you've named that I have not had yet. Um, and, and I am, man. I think they're going to be good. I don't have them much higher than, than or much lower than 16, but I do have them. Um, and I'll I'll, uh, I'll see where the nerd herd has them. I don't even know. Like I, I did up all the numbers, but I didn't actually look at the facts. So they're not far off from where we're at right now, just looking at the sheet that I have pulled up here. So not not – Drinking too much into the Cardinals, but a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Taking a little sip. All right, so who do you have at 17? Uh, At 17, I have the Seahawks. Uh, Wilson, Carson, Lockett. Um, I think what Lockett loses in efficiency this year, he makes up for in volume. So to... Fair point, fair point. I see that. I can see that. If if he ends up with... uh, the same fantasy numbers that he did last year, but he does it on more targets and more catches and fewer touchdowns. Uh, you know, it's a win Carson. Uh, you know, I'm a big Rashad Penny fan. I liked Carson a lot when he came out too. And so, you know, the two of them break my heart that they're on the same team because I think both of them could really put up big seasons, Mm -hmm. but I can see a season where, you know, the way that, uh, they run the ball and they, you know, them in Baltimore, the Seahawks in Baltimore running the ball as much as they do. I, you know, I could see Carson getting 270 carries and Penny getting 230 carries. So it's Carson's in line for another thousand yard season uh, and, and maybe getting a few more passes. Wilson, you know, he is what he is, which is a consistent producer at the quarterback position all right well for me at 17 i have your detroit lions uh the trio there is matt stafford carry on johnson and kenny galladay this one was hard for me and i feel like i probably went a little too low on them uh i mean this would be one i guess you could probably plug the cardinals in uh behind them I just worry a little bit more about Stafford than I do the other two. I still think Kenny Galladay is going to be able to to put up a good fantasy season, although Marvin Jones coming back, I think it's going to hurt him a little bit. The, the only one for me I don't have any questions on really is on Johnson. I think he's going to be an absolute stud this year. Um, I, I don't buy into any of the talk about them possibly limiting his workload or splitting carries, anything like that. For me... I mean, you can book it now. I think Kerryon Johnson is going to finish as possibly 6-7 and running back in fantasy this year. I think he's going to have a huge year for the Detroit Lions this year. He was my one rock-solid stud for them. Questions about Stafford uh, being able to really kind of bounce back after a really bad year, and then Kenny Galladay possibly losing out targets uh, and uh, uh, possibly even some touchdowns with Hawkinson and, and Marvin Jones now being there beside him. So who do you have? Oh, I'm sorry. Before I move on, I guess I should give who the nerd herd had at 17. Uh, they had the Cincinnati Bengals. So Dalton with a ranking of 36, Joe Mixon with a ranking of six, and AJ Green with a ranking of 19 to finish with a total of 61 points. Last but not least for the podcast, at least today, who do you have at 16? At 16, I have the New England Patriots. All right. Interesting. So. You know, I think Brady at this point in his career is a, a better NFL quarterback than he is a fantasy quarterback. Yeah, Edelman's going to get a bunch of catches, uh, but not a ton of yards. Uh, they've added 
a bunch of weapons on the outside, but I don't think that necessarily means that they're going to all of a sudden turn into the Randy Moss Patriots again and start chucking it deep. Uh, I like Sony Michelle the best out of all three of them. Mm-hmm. I, I'm looking for 1,100 yards and double-digit touchdowns, maybe 15 touchdowns from Michelle. I think he's gonna he he's gonna, you know, the caveat being, does his knee hold up okay? And I think he's good for this year, and I like him to put up some points. Brady and Edelman, you know, Edelman maybe wide receiver too, uh, especially in full PPR. Uh, you know, I could see him catching 90 to 100 balls. Um, but Brady's going to have a low YPA and, uh, it, you know, may score, may throw, you know, 30, 32 touchdowns, which is a good year. It's not a terrible year, but he's not going to throw 40 or 50 touchdowns. For me at 16, I had the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, uh, we already talked about, obviously, Wentz, Sanders, and Jeffrey. Uh, not worried about Wentz. Uh, I'm very much on the Lewis Riddick tra- train that he could be a possible MVP candidate as long as he stays healthy. And Miles Sanders, I do think, is going to be probably the lead back or the leader in the timeshare by week five or six because he is just that talented. Jeffrey is my biggest concern. While him and Wentz do have a nice connection I just think that he's going to go to Ertz more. Whiteside, I think, is really going to push him for targets this year. So he was kind of the biggest factor in me dropping them there. However, 16, you know, not that far off from what you had and a a little bit higher than what the Nerd Herd had him ranked as. I believe they had him at 18. So just a little bit higher than what they had. And and for them at 16 and the last team we will do today, the Nerd Herd had the Raiders. So not far off from either one of our rankings. Derek Carr ranked at 30. Josh Jacobs at 16, and Antonio Brown coming in at 12 for a total score of 58. So that gives us our top 16 wide receiver, not wide receiver, our offensive trios is the way I wanted to word it. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver. We will do on Thursday the top 15 as well as previewing some of the games. Before we cut out of here, Dennis, let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter and about an amazing thing that you'll be doing this weekend as well. Well, I am at Twitter on uh, on Twitter at culture underscore coach. That's easy for me to say. That's culture underscore coach. Uh, and so feel free to reach out. Love to interact. Uh, shoot the breeze. Talk fantasy football. Child rearing. Pets. Taking the boat out. Uh, any of that fun stuff. Music. Um, mostly fantasy football, though. And uh, this weekend, man, I'm pretty stoked. I'll send you. The, I'll send you the picture of the banner. We are going to, we, by we, I mean the Fantasy Football Roundtable, and more specifically me. I'm going to be at the, fantasy, the Midwest Fantasy Football Expo in Canton, Ohio, at the Canton Cultural Arts Center, Sunday, August 18th, from noon to 6. Uh, the expo is going to be phenomenal. There are booths all over the place in that expo. Uh, you're going to have 30 to 40 uh, podcast represented uh, at 9 a.m. before the expo opens, taking part with the uh, FF Statistics Charity League. And I am uh, playing for the uh, National Domestic Violence Coalition. Uh, nice. I also play in a, uh, the Giving League. with uh, It's one of the Third Mike's charity leagues. So it's an anti-domestic violence charity. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you'll see I tweeted out 
a bunch of stuff about it today, links where you can go see what it is. Uh, FF Statistics actually has set up a thing where you can place bets on which analysts you think will win. <laughs> so if you go cool. to the FF Statistics Charity League, uh, you can go place a bet on me. All the money goes to charity uh, if I win. So uh, it, it's a fantastic idea. Really looking forward to it. Uh, Bob Harris from Football Diehards and Kyle Dvorak from Football Diehards are going to be there. Uh, Rich Dotson from the Nerd Herd, Garrett Price, uh, Jared Wackerly, uh, myself, uh, the Back Row Fantasy Show guys, Bob Long, the Consistency Guide and Big Guy Sports, uh, Full Time Fantasy. Our, our network is the the show sponsor. It's going to be a fantastic time. You, you, and if you go buy your tickets in advance and use code Knights K N I G H T S, you'll get five dollars off your admission. Yeah, and it's it's going to be a blast. If anybody's going to be in Canton or near the Ohio area, definitely drop by and check it out. Again, uh, fifteen dollars if you use that code and buy your ticket ahead of time, and you'll get a swag bag full of all kinds of great stuff, well worth your money as well. Uh, and Dennis is uh, going to be getting a bunch of our swag as well sent up here to him soon as well, so you guys will possibly get a chance to win that with the with the wheel of knowledge. I believe he's putting together and everything. It's going to be a fantastic time. So definitely, if you guys have a chance to get up there and check it out do that and then tag me in any photos you guys uh take while you're up there because i will be extremely jealous that i won't be able to make it up there this year so dennis obviously again thank you so much for joining me today and i cannot wait to talk to you on thursday to preview some week c or week two uh preseason games and then talk about our top 15 offensive trios Man, am I the only one that wants the season to start so I can stop being in love with my teams and start realizing some of them suck? No, I've been ready for the season to start since the Super Bowl ended. So this is we're we're getting closer and closer. It always feels like right now it just drags on. Of course, what's gonna make it better for me, although I hate that it's only one week ahead of time, but college football is even closer, so I'm really looking forward to that starting up as well. But yeah, it's just I can't wait. I don't think my teams are going to suck. I usually don't realize they're bad until like week three or four. And at that point, I'm like, yeah. ah, you know, I'm I look at them. I'm like, man, I should go make a trade. And I pull up the team and I'm like, man, but I like all those guys. I think this team's going to be good. Yeah. And I look at another team. And I'm like, oh, I should make a trade. Oh, man, I think this team's really good, too. So, man, yep. it sucks. I'm terrible. I have rose-colored glasses on when I look at my team. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. It's a lot harder when, you, when I, like I said, I'm looking at like 32 different teams and trying to figure out which one I need to, to make moves on. I'm like, no, no. The other problem is I own a lot of the same players on all those teams too, so it just makes it even more difficult. Right, right. But all, all right, right, Dennis, man. have yourself a great day, and I will talk to you again on Thursday. All right, right on. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop on there. Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can!